Life of Brian, dot, 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 Mannix, that is. My name's Kevin Hillier. Brian Mannix is the other part of this program, the all-important part of it, because otherwise it would be called Life of dot, 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 that is. Well, well dot, 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 is, um, that sounds all right. Yeah, you could do Life that. Life of dot, dot, dot. How yeah. are you? How are you, rock star extraordinaire? Oh, look, you know, I'm I'm well. Um, I'm a little bored because, you know, I'm still in lockdown again. Um, so that makes things a little bit... You know, not great. The pubs. Haven't you yet discovered the wonders of your 25k limit and, you know, done the little circle on your Melways map and worked out exactly where you can go within your 25k's? Well, I have worked that out a little bit. But what, what puzzles me, Kev, mm. is that. Um, oh, this will be good. You know, no, I can't come <laughs> to your place no, and you say can't. hello. And you can't come to my place to say hello. Right. But we can meet in a pub mm. where there's. 48 other people, and we can say hello. <laughs> is there is there a thing on your phone that the immediately you start talking to me on this podcast, somebody rings you? I'm a very popular man. Oh, don't start. I know you are It's not. probably Mickey Dolenz. I've been chatting to Mickey <laughs> oh, all week. We're getting is. on very, very well. We, we might have an announcement to make in the next couple of weeks, and um, Alice Cooper will be involved in the project as well. Speaking of which, that's all I, I, know, can say. I know you got very excited when Mickey Dolenz started following you on Twitter. Oh, look, I, I love it. I love it. Mickey Dolenz is... He's my favourite monkey. I loved his voice as a thing. And, you know, to just be hanging out with him as a close personal friend now is just terrific. You know what my 16-year-old son came at to me the other day? He's got an iPad and he listens to music on his iPad. And he came at the other day and said, what are you listening to? He said, just some songs. I said, oh, what, yeah. what songs? And he told me he's listening to a couple of Elton John things. And he said, oh, I'm a believer. And I went, what? Yeah. I said, what, the, the Smash Mouth version? He said, no, 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 the monkeys. Yeah. Almost fell off my chair. It's a great song, but... Uh, oh, The Monkey. Yeah, no, Monkey's very good. And, and actually, I've been listening to Mickey's album a bit. That really grows on me, that album. I, I, I really quite like it now. I, yeah. You know, I thought it was all right when I first heard it, but the more I listen to it, the more I like it. I must admit, uh, Different Drum is such a good song. I yeah. think you'd, you'd be hard-pressed to stuff it up. Yeah, the, his version of it is growing on me more and more. And that track that we played uh, in the last podcast... Uh, propinquity. Oh, I yes. really, I really like the new version of that. I've, I've loved what they've done with that. But that's on that's on the old one. Guess what? Guess what we got coming up today, Brian? Even though you're not guessing, well, I already know. we've got Nanamus Guri, <laughs> and we've <laughs> got <laughs> we got Nanamus Guri. We've been trying to get Nana oh. for months, and she's finally agreed. She's no, going to sing a little think, song about I, a goat. I actually think she is deceased. I'm pretty sure that Nana. Nana I think so. Oh, no, no, higher. No, 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 no higher, not that one. higher. No, no, not that one. No, no. Well, no, no, unfortunately, uh, to the listeners, Nana uh, Muscuri will not be available on today's show. Right. But we do have some other terrific guests in that we've got uh, mm, go Sir on. Eric Pierce coming on the show. Oh, Sir, Sir Eric Pierce. Yeah, he's also dead, which means it'll be, he'll be quiet. Mm, okay. Um, now, what have we got on the show, Keith? We've got, well, we've got another Brian. Oh, Brian Scoundrel. Who? Brian Scoundrel. Um, Brian Cad. 
Same thing. Same thing, Kev. Cad, scoundrel. What the hell? What a career that man's had in the music industry. Well, far bigger and more involved than I knew about. Um, oh, really? Okay. I didn't know about his American success and stuff. I, you know, I knew he'd been over there, but um, no, there's a lot of things about the great Mr. Cad that I was unaware of, and uh, and now I have even more respect for the great man. Hey, I've got a news flash. Really? None of my screws alive. Well, why haven't we got her on the show, Kev? Well, I'm sorry, because I thought she was deceased. Nah, yeah. let's get Nanamus. Little Tony's gone. That's unfortunate. He's like Italy's Elvis. But Nana, I reckon, I think our fans would love a, a quick chat with Nana Muscuri. Nana's 86. And she's still a goer, mate. She's a ripper. She's, <laughs> Stop it. Nah, she's doable. Stop it. She is still doable after all these One years. of the few people who hasn't recorded a Brian Cat song is Nana Muscuri, but uh, I'm sure she, she will look into and it now. And that's all about to change. She's after going she to be hears doing... Caddy on this show, she'll change her mind completely. She'll uh, be doing Arkansas grass before you know it. Exactly. And also got uh, the boys from uh, Sushi Mango on as well. They're a, a comedy troupe that are playing, uh, about to do a, a big tour of uh, Australia, Touchwood, uh, we do with all the tours, in some of the biggest venues you could possibly imagine. In fact, they're doing two Rod Laver arenas, which is massive. Yeah. They're, they're, I couldn't believe how big these guys are. Joe, Carlo and Andrew are going to join us uh, a little later on to have a chat. Well, that'll be fun because um, these boys, they've got something going that's going pretty big and Absolutely. we need to find out about it because that's what we do. All right. Driving excellence is something we also talk about uh, on this podcast because that's our very good friends. Murcott's Driving Excellence are our podcast partners. one three hundred triple five five seven six 576 murcottsedu As Dustin Hoffman once said, I'm an excellent driver, but you could be even more excellent or excellenter. Ugh, mm. If there's such a word, uh, by giving uh, Murcotts a buzz, one three hundred triple five five seven six or murcotts.edu.au. Mm. Simple as that. Very right, good. To, you know what we should do now? What we should ring Brian Cad. Yeah, let's play a trick on him. Let's do it. Let's say you know, hello, this is the IRS. You owe us. <laughs> oh yeah, money. that's hysterically funny. Yeah, do you want oh, yeah, to, okay. do you want someone to prank you with a phone call from the tax department? Well, they do all the time. They send this electronic thing that <laughs> says, you owe the money, send yeah. this money, blah, 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 and you just hang up on them straight away. Good idea. Well, let's talk to Caddy and hope he doesn't hang up on us. No, we don't want that. Hello. Hello, Brian. It's Kevin Hillier and uh, Brian Mannix. Hello, Brian. Hello, darling. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> We're very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm on the Gold Coast, and it's a beautiful Gold Coast morning. No. Uh, yeah, well, thanks. You probably don't need to know any of that. But no, that's, that's freezing down here. It's bloody horrible. That shit ass. It's a classy show, I can oh, tell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how, is, how is life for you at the moment? It's pretty damn good. I mean, I, life like uh, life for so many others in our profession or in a lot of professions was pretty dull last year, and I was basically trapped in the hills of Woodstock in New York, which was a pretty scary place to be during a pandemic. But I'm back now. I'm, I'm on the road and I've been actually here since February. And it's just such a pleasure to be back in front of audiences. And it just seems to me that everyone's turned the volume, the vibe volume up on audiences too, because they just sort of seem, you know, 25% more excited than they were in 2019 which I guess that has to do with the fact that they're just getting out about now too as well. 
but it's great to be here. Yeah, yeah, I've found that too when I've done a couple of gigs. People are sort of, yeah, they do seem a bit more excited about it than pre-COVID because they've been not having music for so long. So how long does the tour go for and who's on the tour with you? Everyone who's not clinically dead is on the tour. Right. And, uh, there's eight of us on the date act. On the tour, there's myself, J.B. Wide, Leo Sayer and Joe Camilleri and the boys. And the girls, Wendy Matthews, Kate Sobrano, Deb Conway and the Bull Sisters. It's pretty full on. Yeah. It is it's, it's the largest cast we've ever had on APA. And it, it just seems like this giant party that just goes on from from the moment its opening song starts goes through to the end and then afterwards in JPY's room. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, we talked to Leo Sayer on our last podcast and he uh, he's doing three songs, one of which he's doing with you. So what, what songs are you doing of yours? Oh, I'm doing Sunshine, Ginger Man and Let Go. Oh, good. And everyone sort of, sort of picked the ones that, you know, most suit. And in this case, Vicar and Linda are doing Ginger Man with me, which is sensational because that's oh, wow. really got the same vibes as the old bootleg family girls. You know? And then I've got J.P. Wise well, playing the Glenn Shurik part, <laughs> the oh. role of Glenn Shurik in Little Ray of Sunshine. So we do that as a bit of a double act, and that's really fun. And then I play piano in, you know, you can dance, you know. You can oh, yeah. Dance. Oh, yeah. Which is really funny, and I didn't realise that it was when I listened to the record. I didn't realise it was such a piano oriented song. So that's been a really lovely bit. And Leo's, you know, as you guys know, just the most effervescent person in the whole world. He's sort of metaphorically like an open can of Coca Cola. You know, he just <laughs> <laughs> the fizz goes on forever. <laughs> do you all have to share the same band, or do you all bring your own bands? No, we share the same band. Yeah, good. We share the same hairdryer. We share the same. (laughs) (laughs) COVID sort of stripped back uh, the music industry back to doing sort of, you know, at home kind of presentations and, you know, sitting on the couch with just a guitar and all that sort of stuff. Would you go back on tour and do the the two hour show with the full band or would you strip it all back? What's your thoughts on how that's going to play out in the future for you, Caddy? Well, I've so far been using full bands on my stuff, the stuff that I've done since February by myself. And also when I've been doing some shows, I've done some shows with Russell. He and I use the same, we share a band and we do, you know, that the Russ Price show, uh, which is another whole parallel because that's two of us on stage all the time. It's really fun. Uh, but and I don't think I'll, I wouldn't certainly cut bands, bands and musicians down because of the COVID experience. But, uh, I am doing some shows a bit later in the year which are more to do with an acoustic, you know, acoustic kind of autobiographical kind of shows where I wander through the life of Brian. Oh, yeah. If you like, there's a lot more acoustic playing and, and not necessarily, you know, as many people on stage. But, you know, I've found that in the past. I remember you, you guys who were from Melbourne, you remember Capers. Yeah, yeah, back in the day, it was, yep. it was such a remarkable experience because it was like old-fashioned showbiz, you know. And yeah. they were never full bands; they were just, you know, a couple of players behind. That was such a wonderful experience. I think that was a great period. Incidentally, I think we did a lot of interesting things, and we learned 
to tell stories and to talk to audiences to a far greater degree than what we've done during all the rock and roll years, which is, you know, coming out and going, well, you having a good time yet? You know, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> 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 yes. Would you, so that show, would you kind of talk about writing the songs, you know, like, songs like, you know, Such a Lovely Way and Woman You Break Them In, all that sort of stuff. Do you talk about all that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when, you know, some, some instances, not every instance, but in some instances we go, we'll have some mystery guests that will come on and do some stuff from the various periods with me. And, and in some of the other shows, we're considering using, you know, things like projection and, and um, pictures and, and video and stuff from the days. Oh, yeah. and, and I think that, that, that sort of brings forth the stories, doesn't it, you know, as soon as you, yeah. you yeah. put a picture of Ronnie Charles up on the screen, that gives, that brings a hundred stories to mind, you know, or, or Shurik, I mean, Shurik's four hours by himself. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, I started telling stories on him. But I think that that gets interesting, and I, here's the other component to that. We're very lucky, our generations, because our audiences have grown up and old with us. They haven't sort of dropped off. They're still as nuts as they always were, and they still go out as much. We all think we're 25. <laughs> what, what's better about that is that they were there, and they went through it firsthand. So if you go out there and you start talking about what, what it was like back then or what, what caused you to write this song and what the conditions of such and such were at that time, they really relate to that because they were going through it themselves. They experienced They lived the same time as we did in the same, I think, very exciting eras. There is a, a there's a, a sort of a, a bonding between the artist and the audience that I don't know that that happens particularly much anymore, but it's certainly our history, our combined history and the length of that history certainly makes these kinds of shows a lot more valuable. I don't know whether you agree, but I, that's yeah, how I, I do. Think Absolutely. Yeah, I think Wilbur's been doing something a little bit similar where he talks about his life and plays certain songs that illustrate the story, I think. Um, yeah, he does that at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So when, when the photo of Alvin Purple comes up on the on the big screen, what, how do you explain that? I just put a photo of Jackie Weaver next to it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've got, I've got some great stories about Alvin. And, and once again, they are very history relevant because they talk about the idea that up until Alvin, in Australia at least, there weren't ever any naughty movies like that. And let's face it, it wasn't a very naughty movie. No. But by the standards, I can't, I can't get him, can't even get my grandfather, my grandkids or my kids to watch it, you know. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, boring. But back in the day, it broke a lot of rules. And that's historically relevant. And I think it's. There are a lot of, there would be particularly, for instance, a lot of women who would have been young girls back when in the day who would have really appreciated the whole concept of, you know, women being a lot more free and more funny and sexy and whatever at a time when that didn't really happen in Australian movies at all. Yeah, I think um, the censorship laws were pretty tough on Australian oh, movies yeah. and, um and even getting overseas movies because that's a guy that did with uh, Margaret Pomerantz. Uh, David, David Stratton? Yeah, he did a lot to um, to relax, to protest against and get the laws relaxed so that you could have, you know, 
nudity and stuff yeah. because there's all these great films that weren't getting shown in Australia because there was a set of tits in them. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's right. Now you're lucky to get one shown if it doesn't have. <laughs> 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 so, Caddy, where's home these days in terms of uh, are you living here full-time, you're living in America full-time? Where, where is home? All of the above, really. I think it's a tricky time just in terms of any human being going anywhere or being anywhere. I was living in New York at a time when there were 200,000 cases a day, wow. new cases. Now, there's a, there's a, a panic, a quiet panic that goes on with everybody at that point because you realise that you are really close to, to somebody who might have it. You know, and, and if they, all they need to do is go, no, I'm not going to wear a mask and uh, stand next to you. <laughs> Everything's multiplied by a thousand. So I was scared of all that, and I'm happy to be here and happy to be doing that. Having said that, though, um, you know, the, there was a lot of stuff that I had that I had going on in Nashville and my album about to be released and stuff like that. And all of those things will, will probably have to be re-pieced together if there's an opportunity at some moment to do all those. But for the moment, I'm really happy to just be here and be with everybody and enjoy the fact that I can, you know, walk into a restaurant or whatever and don't you know, feel like I'm going to die at the end of it. Yeah. Well, depends on the restaurant, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, actually, I just want, as I said that, I thought, I know they're going to say that because there are some pretty... There's some restaurants you do die if you go in. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've, we've all been to those ones. So tell us, the, the album that you're working on, what uh, what sort of stuff? I mean, you're obviously doing it in Nashville, so is it, uh, what sort of stuff are you doing these days in your new material? Well, it's, it's an album that actually came out here in 2019, and it was, it's called Silver City, but it oh, was yeah. recorded in Nashville. Uh, Americana is the way you would describe it, or certainly the way they would describe it. I did it in Nashville with Mark Moffat, who's a... Yep. Australian producer, you guys would know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A bunch of ne'er-do-well Nashvilleans, and it was really fun. We actually had the best time. And it, in a way, and I keep saying this word all the time, I'm realising that now, but historically that's important to me because where I come from musically is places like Poco and the Birds and the Flying Burritos and, you know, obviously the band was a huge influence on me. And all of those influences have made their way into what is currently Americana. In a way, all of the bits and pieces that I started with musically are now in a genre that I can be involved with and, in fact, have made an album, and I think that's going to happen more and more. <laughs> Americana is often described as the genre you go to where you don't belong in any one genre. <laughs> so that's the album that will be released eventually when things can be released there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you think of doing uh, like with that in mind? Did you think of doing a song like "My Baby's Gone," doing a, doing that over again with the with that in the back of your mind? Because that's the sort of song that I reckon fits into that genre. Yeah, I never thought of that, but it's true. In fact, I would say a lot of the the axiom. Oh yeah, Arkansas Grass yeah. is one that immediately yeah. springs to mind. Oh, that's right. In actual fact, we we did a version of "Sunshine," which is. <laughs> No, that you want to you can recognise it because the song's easily recognisable. But it was done in the last. We had a couple of hours left over in the last session, and we had Dan Dudmore was on steel and slide, and we had a fabulous acoustic guitar player, and they'd been 
Googling my site and they came across Saxon and they came across the Los Angeles. So they said, well, we've got some time left and we want to do that song. And Mark said, oh, well, you know, but it's, it, it's, you know, it's been around for so long and it's been it. And da 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 da. And they said, well, we'll just do it for our, the fun of it. Anyway, so I just went in and sang it and they played it. And it is a completely Americana version of oh, Little Rose Unshot. Wow. It's amazing. And so for that reason, I you know, I think uh, the American release would probably include that. And uh, you're right. I, I mean, I don't know not so much about Baby's Gone, although it's, it would suit it. But I definitely think Arkansas Grass and some of those action songs would fit, would fit it exactly because that's when they were born, you know. Yeah. I didn't realise you were on the road with the Flying Burrito Brothers for a couple of years. I, I, I must have missed that somewhere that you you played with them for that long. Yes, I did. I played in, in the 90s with them, and it really happened because uh, the league is hard played. John Dillon is a close old friend, and we were living in Nashville, and I had a studio, and, and he, he came to me and he said, listen, the burritos are reforming, and they want to go out on the road, and they want to do a record. Can we write some stuff? And we wrote a few songs, and... And then we demoed them and sent, because all the rest of those burritos were in in California. And we sent them out there and they said, oh, no, no, that's right. They said, well, we don't want to come out and do the demos. Why don't you do the demos? So I sang the demos. Oh, really? Anyway, a couple of weeks later, <laughs> they asked me to join the band. Oh, and yeah. so we released the album and we went on tour. And I was, it was an amazing thing for me to do because that, they were an influence on me. In that very early action period, yeah. you know, I loved it. And and to be able to go out, particularly in Europe, where for some reason the classic American bands are revered, absolutely revered, all through, you know, Europe and, and England and, or, you know, out there. Uh, and we toured there lots and lots, even places like Spain and Italy and that. And they were, burrito, burrito, burrito. And, <laughs> It, it, one funny thing happened in Germany. They some of those areas they have trouble separating country and western. First night we opened somewhere in Germany, and you know we get out there and you can't really see the audience too well. And we start off and at the end of the first song they're all clapping and cheering, and there's all this banging going on like oh, and I'm thinking I'm to John. There's people shooting. What is that? What what's in danger? <laughs> And he said, no, 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 look, have a look carefully at the front row. Every one of them, not every one of them, but a lot of them had sheriff patches on <laughs> and bandanas and things, and they had cat pistols. Because in their mind, country and western were the same body of work, you know. <laughs> and they all turned up like sheriff, like a sheriff and a, you know, and a damsel. You know, in a bar and dance hall. So it was a trippiest thing, you know. It scared the crap out of me at first, but in the end, I, I in the end, I bought a cap pistol and brought it on stage. The <laughs> classic spaghetti western happening right in front of your eyes. It was, but you think about them. You think about that if you've been, you know, been in a rock band in Australia. There's not that many people that shoot at you. No, I mean, no, it's just, no. It's just different in Oklahoma or somewhere, but. Yeah. In Carlton, it's not easy to get. I'm not going to say that because it's not happened. <laughs> it's not easy. Someone shoot you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you may have picked the wrong suburb there, but never mind. <laughs> all, all right, East Melbourne. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, there's seventy. Is it right that there's seventy versions of "Let Go" being done over the years? Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. And, and that's a lot. And, and some of them are pretty terrible. <laughs> oh, some man. of them are fabulous. <laughs> the best version is the Joby Gray one. I was so proud because I was such a fan of him. And it was a flight, it was going to be the follow up to, uh, not Drift Away, what was the big giant one? Drift Away. Yeah, Drift Away, yeah. So they, and they heard Let Go and they said they, and the producer said, that, oh, I think I can make that you know, be a bit Drift Away ish. Anyway, they, they were calling a bunch of stuff and it was in due course, it came out as a single. And it came out as a single on the exact day that the record company filed for bankruptcy. Oh, <laughs> dear, oh, dear. Yeah. Lucky ass, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's better, but it's been a hit. It's been recorded a lot of times in South, South Africa for some reason. And it's been a hit not once, but twice. Oh. Really? So, yeah, so I've been doing that version lately on stage. It doesn't go as well, but. <laughs> After four beers, who can yeah. tell? Yeah, that's right. We're all species, why are we at that point? So I've been very lucky. The song has been all over the place. Yeah, I'd say one of the great great ones was Glenn Campbell did it on Southern Night. Wow. Which was a huge album because, you know, the album tracks don't play as well as the singles, but they, you know, he sold a lot of millions of copies of that album, so. Yeah. That was a lovely little one to do. <laughs> yeah. So, Caddy, which is it? When, when someone says they're going to do one of your songs, and I mean, your Cocker's done one of yours, Ringo's done one of yours, uh, you mentioned Glenn Campbell, Gene Pitney, all those people, which is the one that you kind of go, oh, wow, imagine that. that that's Ringo Starr singing my yeah. song. Oh, yeah, Paul. Yeah, well, I think the one that I was happiest about probably was um, you know, Joe Cocker did a, a version of a song of mine because I still can't believe it's true. It's an EP actually that came out on, and it did really well. And I, I love that because I, I demoed that in Nashville, and we sent it off. And then somebody said, "Oh, by the way, Cocker's recorded that." And then when he, when they sent me a copy of the actual recording, it was exactly like the demo. It was almost like oh, wow. we did, we didn't give them the tracks, but it was almost like we had because it was. In, in, in the sound and the intention, it was almost exactly like how we'd wanted it to be. And that was a lovely thing to happen because very often things go away and get covered by somebody else and then they come back completely unrecognisable, yeah. which which happened with um, Silver Black's version of Let Go, but we won't talk about that. Oh, um, oh, there you go. No, we won't. Silla stuffed <laughs> up yourself. <laughs> I bet you can't find her anywhere. Anyway. We've got her on the show <laughs> next week. We'll tell her that you reckon she stuffed up her, your song. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> while we're talking about it, can I tell you the weirdest one of all was yeah. the Pointer Sisters. We wrote a song and, and well, I was hanging around with David Johnson and guys like that at that point. We'd recorded a couple of projects together, and then he was asked to do the Pointers album. And they asked him if he had new any songs, and he just played on our demo of the song. Love is like a Rolling Stone, it's cool. And then so they, they finished up, but they booked most of us to play on it, which was fantastic. And they did a most amazing version of the song, and we were just so excited and so happy. And then the news the publisher rang, you know, a month later or three weeks later, and said, Oh, by the way, there's been a Real direction change in the album, 
and they're not doing R and B because this is quite an R and B song. It was like the point of system we all knew. Anyway, so they said, well, we're not. They're not doing that anymore. So they've cut a whole lot of pop songs, and I don't know. I don't think yours is going to make the album. You know. Anyway, so I've been around long enough to sort of shrug, metaphorically shrug and go, oh well, we don't go let it go. And I didn't really think about it much more. Anyway, a while later, he rang back and said. I don't know if this is any consolation to you, but you've made the B-side of the next single. Yay. And I said, oh, really? And he said, yeah. I don't know. You just, it's a Springsteen song. It's called Fire. <laughs> <laughs> and, and guess what, brothers? They pay the same for the B-side as they do for the A-side. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lovely, that was sort of a modicum of revenge. You know, it was great. I think um, you must be, you know, your royalty checks would be pretty bloody good, I would think, Brian. Well. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had a good, we've had a good run. Um, although, you know, I, I wouldn't want it to be doing what I did then back, back then now because, as we all know, you know, people get paid a fraction of, yeah. um, of what they really deserve in terms of streaming royalties and all of that sort of stuff. I, I think... So young songwriters get a pretty good deal most of the time because they don't really sell physical product anymore. You know, in our days, physical product was always sold. Yeah. And so, I mean, we were all—you guys are probably a bit young, but I can remember in the sixties, there was a Saturday morning and a big queue outside of Brashes in the city while everyone tried to get the new Stone single or the new Beatles single, and that kind of physical currency, if you like, yeah. became how we writers earned money. Yeah. And then when when physical copies became a thing in the past, pretty much, uh, and everyone only could earn from streaming, then I think songwriters, in, in, in a sense of a, of a career, do a lot better writing commercials or writing for film or, you know, television or something like that than they do writing pop songs anymore, but I, we, we went through a pretty glorious period, didn't we? Yeah. I think on Spotify, um, if you get a million hits, you get $1,000. So how good's that? That's crap. That's crap. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. That's yeah. yeah. That is, it's yeah. disgraceful. Hey, Caddy, it's been great to catch up with you, mate. Thanks so much for your time. Oh, good on you. Good on you, Brian. Thanks for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having us.
the track that uh, I spoke to Brian and he uh, chose as the track to play called Everybody's Leaving off his Silver City album. Now, you can go to briancad.com, which is uh, obviously his website, mm-hmm. and uh, you can see the Silver City album, which was released in uh, the early part of 2019. Great version of Silver City Birthday Celebration Day on that album, so it's available. And also, mm-hmm. um, I noticed when I looked this morning Did that you? you can now uh, also listen to and uh, and get a copy of uh, the country version that he talked about in the interview of A Little Ray of Sunshine. It's oh. really different and it's oh. really good. Well, it's a great song to start with. Um, yeah. You know, you'd, you'd be hard pushed to muck it up unless you did a reggae version of it. But um, oh, well, I'll look forward to uh, checking that out, young yep. Kev. BrianCad.com. And Caddy, uh, of course, is touring with the uh, with the Apia tour, but uh, we'll put the dates up on the Facebook page because they're changing all the time given uh, border closures and COVID restrictions and all that. So rather than try and uh, read them out to you now, we'll, uh, we'll put them up on the Facebook page and, uh, and filter them through there. That's the easiest way. We'll do the same thing with the, the Sushi Mango dates as well because obviously, as you know, Brian, things mm. are getting cancelled fairly regularly and changed and moved and, uh, you know, ah. postponed and whatever. It's, it's not a good time. Nobody's had more work cancelled than me, Kev, and, uh, <laughs> well, no, there probably has been plenty of people with more work cancelled than me, but I'd certainly understand that uh, things getting put off till next year or delayed or whatever, and, um, yeah, it's making it tough for uh, a lot of musicians and entertainers. Oh, and, and uh, you know, stand-up comedians and all the people who, uh, who depend on that as their uh, live performances as their living or certainly a huge part of their living, That's because you don't make any, as we pointed out with Brian when we are talking there, you don't make any money out of recordings anymore, do you? No, no. Well, you do. 
If you get a million hits on Spotify, yeah. you make a thousand dollars. So that's that's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you'll be moving to that Turek mansion anytime soon. Oh yes, I will, and I'll be working in the gardener's quarters and mowing the lawn. <laughs> exactly, uh, and cleaning the pool. You'd be you'd be you'd be a good pool man. I would. I would. I'd. Um, I don't know if I'd like you in the working the chemicals out for the. Um, for the, you know, the, the pool. Oh, I go all right with chemicals, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> I go pretty good with chemicals. <laughs> and if I was doing the pool, I'd probably yeah. want some chemicals. Yeah. So, and, yeah. when, and when we say the deep end, man, we mean the deep end. And, you know, I'd be dropping horses and floaters into the pool. <laughs> yeah. you know, so. When, when they say splash. you need to drop a bag of acid in the pool, that's not what they meant, Brian. Anyway. Oh, that's <laughs> anyway. why I was seeing 15 of everybody. <laughs> anyway, now the the gentleman you're about to meet, uh, mm. they're, they're hugely successful. They haven't been around for a long time. You might not have heard of them, but they have, I reckon, one of the uh, the most interesting names, and we'll find out about the derivative of the name as well. They're called Sushi Mango. So let's meet him here on the Life of Brian podcast. G'day, guys. Good to be talking to a rock god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for doing this, guys. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having us on, mate. Uh, yeah, pleasure, privilege. Hey, well, listen, well, tell us how did, how did all this start? What is it, 2015 you sort of started this? Yeah, we did. We, we, we started dabbling um, online just like in 2015. My brother, he did a uh, video in the car about a thank you wave. Just, Not- just, just so you know, Carlo and I are brothers. Yeah, we're, right. we're brothers. Yep. So my brother Joe, he, he did a, a video about a thank you wave and he got the bug and he started coming over to my place and showing me, you know, a few vids that he did and I'd critique them and add my little two cents and then we jumped in the car and started stuffing around. We put it online and People reacted to it. You get a bug, and you just continue on. And five years down the track, we're, we're where we're at now, which is and, crazy. And, and Andrew's like an old family friend of ours, and uh, he's the third, you know, the third member. And we always used to do this as kids, but then as you grow up, you start to do other bits and pieces. And then you know, we just somehow uh, the universe pushed us back together, and, and here we are talking to you guys today. Everything just clicked, and uh, here we are. Fantastic. It's a, it's a massive tour that you're uh, about to begin. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it's, it's been crazy. Yeah, it's like it's it's all every point of the country and um, really big venues. Yes. Um, you know, it's just massive. Um, you must be pretty excited about the tour. We are. I mean, like, look, 2019 we did our, our first solo tour because we've done two tours before with Nick Giannopoulos, the first one and then Mary Christus and Nick Janopoulos Nick and the second one in Star Wars. And then in 2019, we did our own uh, solo tour called Fifty Shades of Ethnic. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> that was a beauty. So people don't realise, we did roughly about 20 shows in Melbourne. Wow. And, and, and one of them was at the Palais Theatre, which was a return show, and, we'll, and, the, most, and the rest of them were all at the Forum. So... We knew that we had this. Oh, all up, there was nearly 40 all around the country. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there was about 40 around the country. So we knew we had this following. And I think it's just because we sort of are able to cater to a whole family, you know, from, yeah. from grandfather all the way to the grandchild yeah. can, can watch can watch our, our comedy and sort of the grandkids just think it's funny. The oldies in the middle live through it and the ones above them are like, oh, my God, this is us. <laughs> so, <laughs> the doc 
next reprieve. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We knew we had that, and then once the the thought of Rod Laver and uh, kudos and places like that were were around, we we thought, well, it's possible, but we didn't think we were going to do two Rod Laver arenas, but yeah. but we thought we could do the one. Um, mm. I've got yeah. to ask. Politically uh, sensitivity these days is a very uh, you know a very uh, short threshold for most people. How do you how do you go? What's your philosophy on um, how people take your comedy? Mm, um, it's a good one. Uh, yeah, we're in a diff- living in a different time. Uh, this kind of stuff that we're doing now would have been uh, there wouldn't have been any issue with it, you know, in the eighties or seventies or whatever. But um, you've got to be careful with what you choose to um, put into your comedy. But, look, I guess what saves us is because we're Italian, Italians that are married to Greeks and going to be married to Lebanese people who reenact those cultures. So we kind of get away with it. And, look, in my opinion, and, you know, I don't think it's a comedian's job to be politically correct. I think that, you know, if you take up, political correctness from comedy if you're left with you know knock knock jokes type of thing so you know um i don't think it's up to us to, to be pc but you know there's certain topics we don't dabble with uh, we, we, we tend to dance on that line you know what i mean but um if anyone was to say well what you guys do is racist it's, it's ludicrous you know yep. like we're basically just um italians uh, reenacting Italians, it's kind of like uh, yeah, like Kath and Kim, I guess. You know, yeah. Aussies reenacting Aussies, just embellishing uh, characters. We sort of stay out of that, and people kind of leave us alone. And I think, I think rightly so. We don't really, we don't really cross the line, you know. Yep. We just, I think that we also try and stay in our own lane. So that's what Carl was saying. Italians or Wogs playing Wogs, you know, is is almost the way we can sort of put it. A little bit more accepted, yeah. Well. Which keeps it going, and and I, and and I think the way we, well, I think or from what we've been told, the way we try and portray it is we're not taking the piss. We're sort of honouring these people that were here before us. Uh, I think I've, I say many times, if it wasn't for them doing it hard, it wouldn't be um, able for us to do it easy. Uh, living this world that we're living in at the moment. So listen, I'm basically, uh, we live by the principle like uh, imitation is the grandest form of. Of, of flattery, yep. and so that's all we're trying to do. Is just pay homage to the oldies, to those who came here, and uh, intrinsically by nature they're funny. They do they do funny stuff, and we're just reenacting it. We exaggerated a bit, pulled it apart, grand story. Off we go. And, okay. and the cash off from the shows are really good as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you go, I mean, look, listen, how funny is this? If you go into any one of our parents' garage, you'll find an ex- uh, an exotic range of hanging meat. <laughs> and 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 that that's hilarious, you know. I don't care how you want to spin it. Like we've got delicatessens in our garage. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could go to Coles and buy a, a box of tomato, a box of tomato sauce for for fifteen bucks, and they they spend three weekends making tomato sauce every year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, but that's just that's what they do. You know? <laughs> our bottles, of, our bottles of sauce come to once manufactured three cents. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, much more economic. That was, my my mum's got an energy saver uh, dryer in her garage with one uh, half a star, not even one star. <laughs> <laughs> so how <Very> environmentally conscious. <laughs> <laughs> so how do mum and dad feel when uh, you know the three of you do mum and dad basically? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, 
mine and Joe's father passed away about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, and he was our number one fan. He, he absolutely loved it. He used to love the slapstick kind of stuff we do. And he just he just absolutely loved it. Mum got a few concerns that we dress up as women. But, you know, what do you, what, what, what do, you do? And uh, Andrew's parents are, you know. They're, they're quite, they're quite the same. Well, my parents, my, I, I my parents laugh at the, at the, at the, the skits and the comedy, but they don't quite understand it because it's them. They, <laughs> they, they they're laughing. My father, I, there's a character I play called Pino, which is almost exactly my father in every way, and he doesn't believe it's him. So <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So look, they're very, they're very proud, but so like I said, Mum's a little bit concerned. Also, we can't tell them that it's sort of them because. Then they want a piece. Exactly. Good point. Now, have you come up with a better story about how you got the name than one of your nephews running around screaming it out at some party or something? Well, no, it was actually my son. Okay, so the, the real, this is the real story. We're giving you the scoop here. Ready? Right. But my son was on, he was three years old. He was on the toilet and he, he was doing a number two, and he was saying sushi mango. <laughs> and my, mother, my brother and I were sitting there trying to think of a name, and he's going sushi mango, sushi mango, and we're like, George, George, what kind of work here? <laughs> like, what is this? What's he saying? I, I said to my brother, because we think we're actually in the living room, I go, what, what's he actually saying? I said, I have no idea. I go, it sounds pretty silly. And I said, let's just take that. <laughs> so, yeah, we don't really have a better story. That, that, that was true. It was, it was um, derived from a three-year-old on the can. So, derived from, from crap. Yeah. <laughs> That's the sort of stuff this country was built on. <laughs> Good ideas come from taking a shit. Let's yeah. <laughs> Uh, beautiful. So Brian mentioned the tour is uh, absolutely massive, two Rod Laver arenas. In your wildest dreams, did you think that you'd get that big? No, no. No, no, not at all. No, it's great, but isn't it? Very, very humble beginnings, just three blokes having a bit of fun, enjoying each other's company. It was more like therapy sessions for us at the time. <laughs> to, to, for it to grow and evolve into what it has is an attribute to the fans and and we're so grateful for it. But, yeah, it's, it's and not just uh, our wildest. It's, it's our wildest dreams come through. And where we go from here, well, God knows. But, yeah, no, absolutely amazing. And we, uh, try, we try not to let the, say too much about the two Rod Labors because otherwise the tax department will ask too many questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, there's an organisation that has no sense of freaking humour. No. <laughs> Yeah, no, we want to. We, we, we pay tax. We pay taxes. Just putting out there, we pay our taxes. Uh, it's all good. Uh, no, but like, like, like Andrew says, it's, it's true. It's a complete, complete. Uh, it, you know what? I, I drive past the arena still and, and sort of go, I, I don't think it's sunk in really that we're, yeah. Yeah. That we're doing it there, you know, but very, hum- very, very, very humble, grateful, yeah. and, and all that. It's just uh, yeah, amazing. And it just shows how Australians, how, you know, they, they, stick, they stick with people that, you know, are just regular guys like everyone. We're just regular guys like every other wild person out there and, you know, and it's just amazing for them, their, their support. So we went to we went to watch the tennis fair. We went to watch the tennis fair the other day, the, yeah. the, the few, few weeks ago and uh, the, the, the gravity of the flight sunk in a bit then and I'm, I'm going to be admit I think I pissed myself. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get any good ideas when you pissed yourself? Because. (laughs) 
No, no, yeah, 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 not really, but maybe we'll change your name to uh, Piss the Boat. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Hey, uh, gents, thanks so much for your time. Uh, good luck with the tour. It's uh, it's massive, and uh, we've uh, we've loved having you on the life of Brian. Uh, all the best luck for the future. Yeah, you watch thanks, it. Thank you, guys. Hey, it's an absolute pleasure, and uh, keep rocking and rolling. Yeah, you must be doing something right, fellas, because you can't pill uh, Rod Laver filter Rod Laver twice doing knock knock jokes. So well done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, thanks for having us, guys. Really appreciate oh, it's been it. A pleasure. We want we want to offer you guys some tickets to the show. Oh, Beautiful. Love to come down. Yeah, ten percent off. Ten percent off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Do, does the term "stick them up your ass" mean anything? Ah, good on you, fellas. Good on you, boys. Thanks for that. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Cheers. All right, there's Joe, Carlo and uh, and Andrew, the Sushi Mango boys. And as I said uh, about the Brian Cad dates, we'll do the same with the Sushi Mango dates because they might change. So we'll put them up on the Facebook page. The tour starts in August. So you can look forward to uh, seeing those boys. Very funny boys. Very funny. Very good. And, you know, obviously got a huge following, you know, you're doing two Rod Lavers and all of the big yeah. shows they're doing. So uh, well done to them. Well done. Yeah. Good on you. Now, the coming attractions on the life of Brian, uh, dot, dot, mm. dot, Mannix, that is, podcast, oh, yes. reads like a uh, like a festival, reads like one of those big posters you see for, a you know, well, a Woodstock or it, a... It, it reads like a festival that's just <laughs> been cancelled due to COVID. <laughs> well, right. well it's, it sort of does, in a way, because uh, in the coming uh, episodes, we're going to be catching up with Steve Kilby, of course, yes. famous for the church and is about to go on the road and do some dates with the church. And we spoke to Roger Mason... Uh, in the previous podcast, uh, who's playing on uh, on the new record that Stephen's done? So we, we've got him coming up. We've got Russell Morris, Rusty, good fella, really uh, good fella. We have uh, Todd Hunter and Mark Williams from Dragon. Well, all right, they'll and Angry some, Anderson. They'll have some stories to tell. Oh, Kev. will they ever? Hopefully, not including me. And Angry Anderson as well. Angry. Well, these days he's not angry. He's just slightly miffed. Anderson. He's right. It's mellowed. He's, and Fiona Horn, bit... the white witch and, uh, and and singer who's got a big song at the moment around her. She's done a cover version of Stumbling In. Man, she's very appropriately named. She's a very beautiful girl. <laughs> what? You're hopeless. Fiona honestly. Horn. You know, she's you, a bit of a horn bear. You are And I hopeless. mean that in a positive oh, and constructive yes, in way, nice... not in that sexist, misogynist way. I mean, not she's a... a very beautiful girl. Not in that 1980s rock star way. Not in that way at all, no, Kev. That of would not. be totally inappropriate. So there you go. That's the big festival that's coming soon uh, to the life of Brian. Dot, 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 Mannix, that is, podcast. Steve Kilby, Russell Morris, Dragon, Angry Anderson, and Fiona Horn, just to name a few. Yeah. I thought Steve Kilby was really interesting too, because we were talking about his recording process and how yep. he writes and stuff. And I found that very, very interesting because. Um, we often talk about the records and stuff. We don't talk a lot about how they make them, perhaps, but we did with Steve, and he gives us a great insight to his process. Yep. And uh, Russell Morris got some great Molly stories. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So we, we've look, plenty to look forward to. And, of course, head out and see our friends at Murcotts, 1300 555 Be a better driver. Yeah. Whatever level you're at now, you can be better. Mm. So ring them, one three hundred triple five five seven six, or jump on the website, check out all the things they've got going. And a gift certificate is a bloody good idea, mercots.edu.au. You're going to finish with one of your songs today, Brian, 600 Questions. Oh, well, we've asked about 600 questions today, so it probably seems appropriate, Kev. a great thing for all of us. Promoter got paid, 
And ordinarily, I would have got paid. The cop got paid. Paul McCartney got paid. It's a beautiful world. Questions, the questions about 